0: So on today, I continue in this second part of the sermon series where we have been doing a talk about the tithe, and it's just been a powerful series. I'm so glad, again, for so many people to have come to the special sessions that we've been having uh, where people wanted to learn more about this particular practice and what it is so that we would all live a life pleasing unto God. Last week, we talked about uh, the purpose of the tithe, and then we talked about what God instituted that tithe for and what it should be used for. And this week, uh, the sermon series topic leads us to a point of talking about the place of the tithe, but more important than the place, the priority of God, making God a priority of the heart, uh, making God a priority of the heart. So I want to make the Lord my highest priority. Amen. And so as I deal with this sermon series, I'm going to begin in Proverbs uh... this particular installment of the sermon series to deal with proverbs chapter three uh, proverbs three is a very rich proverb written in the way of a couplet if you will where there is this admonition and then consequence or result so what the song, what the proverb writer does is that he's saying something and once he says it he says this is the outcome of what you can expect he'll say one thing it's a father-son kind of conversation uh... it's like a father talking to his son he's saying literally in the first nine proverbs, that's really the way it's structured. And this is couplet form or uh, kind of like a poetic form. Uh, See some of my former teachers here who are making sure that I remember my English literature and all of that good stuff. So I'm trying to impress them a little bit, amen. Uh, But it's in a Hebrew form of a couplet. So he'll say something and then he'll say, here's the consequence. or he'll say, here's something I want you to know, and this is the outcome of it. And so when you look at this, it starts by introducing it. And I want you to see uh, something more important than this whole idea about tithing is the heart of God. So let's start with uh, Proverbs uh, 3, and I'm going to deal with verses 1 through 12. Here's what it says. It says, my son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. Amen. So the first thing I want to stop and just break down right there is don't try to keep the commands of God in your head. Keep them in your heart. When you're starting to try to keep things in your head you're going to forget about it and then when you don't feel like doing it you're not going to do it amen there's some stuff that we have in our head that we know is right but we don't particularly care about it and because we don't care about it we don't make it a high priority but when something is a priority of your heart you are going to get it done amen you're going to get it done if you got a television show you like to watch and it's in your heart guess what you'll do you'll record it so you can watch it when you get back to the house you'll binge watch it all day on a saturday or sunday because it's a high priority amen but if it's not a priority and you try to retain it in your head you're not going to be able to hold on to it. The things that you love, the seat of your affections, the place that really concern that you're concerned the most about, the Lord says, keep the law, keep the commands, but keep them in your heart. David says in Psalm 119, verse 11, Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So if I'm ever going to be the person that grows and matures and becomes what God wants me to become and be the man that God wants me to be, be the woman God wants you to be, then you have to learn to keep it in your heart. The only way to get it in your heart is to read it, to meditate on it day and night, to really know the word of God. But look at this it says if you do this if you keep it in your heart verse 2 says for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you so look I want a good long life and I want it to be peaceful in the, in the process amen it's one thing to have long life but it's one thing to have a long life full of trouble I don't want a long life full of trouble do I have any witnesses today I want a long life but I want it to be a peaceful life amen amen I want a peaceful, good life. Uh, I want God to take a lot of the stress and the pest away from me. I want all of the trouble and all the stuff that this. There are some folk that live a long age and they never settle their issues. Amen. And so they, they just really troubled all of their life. I don't want a long, troubled life. At some point, I want the peace and serenity of God in my life so that I'm not living a life saying, man, I'm here, but I'm not enjoying the journey. Amen. And so he says something very powerful. He said, keep the law, keep the commands of God in your heart so that when something presents itself to you as an opportunity to do wrong, your heart will correct you won't. Your heart will tell you that ain't right. You'll know it because it's down on the inside of you and you know what's right in your heart. And so he says, keep it, but keep it in your heart uh, because for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Then the, the third verse says, don't let mercy and truth forsake you. That's what I want to pull out. Don't let mercy and truth, in other words, in this long life, making God a priority, be a kind and truthful person. Amen. Mm -hmm. Somebody should have said amen to that. Be kind and truthful. That's all he's saying, mercy and truth. In other words, people love merciful and kind people. They love honest people. He said, and bind them around your neck. Let these things go with you everywhere you go. This is a Shakespearean thing. Shakespeare says, bind these things to your soul with hoops of steel. And so what he literally says to us is, don't let mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them where? On the tablet of your heart. So again, he's saying to us, remember the word of the Lord, and then remember to be a kind person, and remember to be a truthful person. Truth is not just external, but truth is internal as well. To thine own self be what? Truth. So don't you walk around fooling yourself. I told him this morning, if you know you're 14, take that eight off. Amen. <laughs> Amen. If your feet hurt, don't put them six-inch heels on today. You can, put, you can bring them with you and tell somebody, this is what I would have worn. Amen. But you get you some flats, amen? Brother, don't you come in here in a muscle shirt when you know you done done lapped and with your donut, amen? Don't come in here, trying to look at me, yeah, holding your breath. You're going to mess your lungs up. <laughs> amen, right? Be, true, be, be truthful to yourself, all right? Don't let yourself be misguided by internal voices trying to make you think something about yourself when you know it's not true, all right? And look, watch what it says, what's the outcome of that? And so favor and high esteem, and and, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. So watch, when you are a merciful and truthful person, people fall in love with you and God loves you. You find favor with God and with people. People love kind, honest folk. God help me in here. Some folk, you can't figure out if they lying or not. You don't know what they're saying. You, just, you say, well, you got to sort through everything. They say, I don't know. Uh, what did you really mean by that? If I got to ask you three questions to get to one answer, something wrong with that, somebody should have said amen. 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 Truth. He just said, Be, you, people, you, you grow in favor with, you know, where were you last night? What you mean, what time last night? I mean, where were you last night? <laughs> you mean at 7 o'clock or 7.15? <laughs> you about to tell a lie? What he says is, is be a person of truth. Look, here's here's the couplet form. Watch. Son, don't forget the law. Uh, Let your heart keep my commandments. It'll add to your days of life and peace. Don't let mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, and you'll find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. All right, next one. Trust in the Lord with... There go that heart again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't try to trust in the Lord with your mind. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, right? And lean not to your own understanding. There are some times we need to rebuke our own thoughts. I'm about to help about ten of y'all in here. You need to tell some of your own thoughts, "Uh uh-uh, get out of here, you know that ain't right. I know, you know, sometimes you think and make up some stuff that you know ain't right, amen? Amen. But in your heart, you will know the word of God because that's where you, you seek the word of God. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. And so look, when you don't know, the least thing you ought to do is pray and ask the Lord, what should I do? There's some, th- some times in our life that we'll get up and make decisions because we didn't ask two or three of our so-called smart friends and we have not looked at the outcome of their own life. And then when you look at the end of their life, it's pointing in a direction that says you should not be even talking to that person. Let's getting any advice from them. Look, get your advice from the Lord. Pray and ask the Lord, Lord, show me what to do in this situation. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and, 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 and he shall direct your path. Watch verse 7. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. In other words, don't don't be making up stuff that you know ain't right. Come on, touch your neighbor and tell him, you're too smart sometimes. Amen. You're just too smart sometimes. Now touch yourself and say, I know. I know. I made that up. I came over that. I made that up. Amen. I did that. Right? just sometimes he said look don't be wise in your own eyes look you don't have to be the smartest person in the room all the time one of the best answers that I've ever been able to give in Bible study and anywhere is I don't know I don't I don't feel the need to know everything amen I don't feel I don't know I ain't sure and then people what about well I don't know about that part right there but this is what I'm sure of right here so look that's what he said don't be wise in your own eyes Uh, he says and if you're not wise in your own eyes fear the Lord and depart from evil, it will be health to your bones and strength, uh, health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Number nine, honor the Lord, here it is, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of your increase. Here's what he's saying, son, if you want this prosperous, peaceful life that I just got through introducing to you in verse one, he said, here are the things you got to do. But he does not elevate tithing above love and mercy, does it? He puts love and mercy. He said, be loving and kind. Be honest and truthful. Don't be smart about everything. Don't be wise in your own eyes. And then honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruit. In other words, with your possessions. I need to get this straight. With everything you have, honor God with it. Amen. You and I don't have anything. I told you in Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And they that dwell therein. We have got to stop saying What belongs to me, myself, and I? I have nothing. I don't have a house. I don't have a car. I don't have any clothes. Everything I have, God gave it to me. So it all belongs to the Lord. Some of y'all wouldn't say Amen because you still think you own some. Amen. All right, I tell you what. It's your life. You try to keep your life. Amen. It's your health. You try to keep your health. Amen. You got good sense? You try to keep your own mind regulated. Amen? When you figure it out and you realize that it does not belong to you because you didn't have anything to make it with in the beginning, God created, and then what is man that you are mindful of him that you have set all things under his feet? Preach, Pastor Norman, I think I will. You better learn that you don't own anything. It all belongs to God. And the sooner you give it back to God and say God is yours, the better you will be able to enjoy but we're so possessive he said honor the Lord with all your possessions everything you have is for the glory of the Lord everything you have is for the glory of the Lord I mean, look, and, look, and treat, it, treat, it, y'all treat it like it's God. I still tell people I believe that the reason that that black truck that's on, out there on the street is still running now is that I, I, I anointed it and prayed, Lord, don't ever let this truck break down. Take care of it, and, and, and let, I got to do your work in this truck, right? I would really loan my truck to people who would take, church members, who were taking their children to college, and they said, I don't have a way. I said, here, take that truck. It belongs to the Lord. And they would drive and take their children to Knoxville and different places and come back, and the truck keep on running. I done got rid of the truck, been out of it almost five, seven years, and the truck's still running. Truck got almost 500,000 miles on. I almost want my truck back. Now, don't bring me the keys of that truck. Truck run better than my other truck. Amen. <laughs> but when you dedicate something to the Lord, and you give it to God for his purposes, God will bless it. And if God takes care of it, it ain't a mechanic on the place in the face of the earth that can tear down what God has built up. I'm trying to help somebody in here. Quit being so possessive of everything and thinking that you own it and realize it all belongs to the Lord. And the sooner you give it back to God and say, Lord, do what this, what you will. Take my mind, take my thoughts, take my hand, take my heart, take my words and use it for your purpose. Then you will be blessed in the Lord. Your possessions all belong to God. You don't have good sense to be able to do your job without God. You don't have strength in your back to be able to do the labor that you do without God. You don't have uh, uh, the ability to put numbers in order as a CPA or as an accountant without God. You don't have the ability to stand before kids and teach them and give them understanding without God. You don't have the ability to sing without God. You don't have the ability to play an instrument without God. I don't have the ability to preach the word without God. You can't be a lawyer without God. You can't understand medicine without God, you can't be a pharmacist without 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 God, without God I am nothing. I'm like a ship without a sail. So whatever we have, my possessions see my possessions come out of my work my labor. I don't get it without God. So look, honor him with all of your possessions. Uh, uh, It belongs to God. Just tell somebody it belongs to God. It belongs to God. And with the first fruits of your increase, so that your barns will be filled with plenty. How many of y'all still got a barn? Okay. Just making sure Green Acres wasn't in the house today. Well, let's just substitute barns for another B word bank account. Can I say that? So your bank accounts will be filled with plenty. And your vats will overflow with new wine. I'm going to leave that new wine piece in there, okay? I'm trying to help somebody in here today. So here's what you just said. If I would remember the law in my heart, I can have length of days. If I will be merciful and kind, I'll find favor in the sight of God and man. If I trust in the Lord and lean not to my own understanding, he'll show me what to do and which way to go. If I'm not wise in my own eyes, it'll be health to my flesh and strength to my bones. And if I honor God with my first fruits, then my barns, my bank account will be blessed and then my vats will be overflowing with new wine. Tell somebody, that sounds like a good deal to me. I think I'll trust in the Lord. In other words, what he's saying is, if you will just simply trust God and make him the priority, he has a way of taking care of all of the rest. Put me first and all of these things shall be added unto you. But what we try to do we try to get the stuff first and then honor God. He said if you honor me first the stuff is already on the way. He says it real clear. He said look if you will honor me honor me honor. So if you honor me your bonds are going to be filled with plenty. I like more black than red in my bank account. Uh Uh-huh, some of y'all can't say amen because you don't want your neighbor to be talking about. You ain't acting like you ain't never seen some red, amen. (laughs) Filled with plenty. And then this last one, I'm going to get out of here, verse 11. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects. Just as a father, the son in whom he delights. Be careful when folk are around you and say they love you, but don't say nothing about the destructive ways they loving you into destruction. Your friends, I'm about to help about five of y'all, will call you out when you're wrong. And they will call you out not because they're trying to call you out but because they love you and they don't want to see you head down the wrong path they will not sit up and let you head down a path of destruction. If you ever had somebody who talk about how much they love you, but they let you sit up and do stuff that they know is not good for you, you need to check that kind of love right there. I'm going to preach better than y'all going to say man, but that's all right, I'm going to say it anyway, because I ain't scared of none of y'all, amen. <laughs> the Lord loves. He, he, he chases those whom he loves. Whom the Lord loves, he corrects. He said i can't let you do that and so he provides for us instruction and understanding so that we make him the priority it ain't about what you give it's about honoring god it's about putting god in first place it's about taking our life and reordering it in such a way that our life reflects that god is first in our lives and then he says everything else you can enjoy that i have prescribed for your enjoyment you can ha- I'm not saying that you can't have it and enjoy a great life, but make me first in your priorities. Amen. Look at this. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 12. I only got three passages. I'm gonna deal with them today, but I'm dealing with them in totality. Uh, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 12. Go there. Uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Yeah. Thank you, Barbara. it's in the Old Testament. Chapter 12, verse 1. These are the statutes and judgments. All right, so he just said, Remember the laws, remember the statutes, remember the judgments, right? Remember, right? These are the statutes and judgments which you shall be careful to observe in the land which the Lord God of your fathers is giving you to possess. So the Lord is getting ready to take the children into the land. He said, I'm getting ready to get you over there. And all the days that you live on the earth, you shall utterly destroy all the places where the nations which you shall dispossess serve their gods on the high mountains and on the hills and under evergreen tree you shall destroy their altars, break their sacred pillows, burn their wooden images with fire you shall cut down the carved images and uh, carved images of their gods and destroy their names from that place you shall not worship the Lord your God with such things in other words, can I paraphrase real quickly he said when you come out of what you have been in don't start acting like the folk in the place where you headed he said understand that I have delivered you, amen Can we talk about it since we're on the heels of Martin Luther King Day? When you come out of desegregation, don't start acting like the folk who had you in segregation. Don't start acting evil and mean like the folk who oppressed you. Don't take on the nature of the oppressive ways. He said, but when you have been a liberated and delightful person and you know it's the Lord that has blessed you, you go over and reflect the goodness of God in the place where God is appointing you. In other words, when you get your big promotion, amen, and you used to speak to folks when you was the receptionist on the first floor, and now you done moved up to the 10th floor, keep on speaking to folk when you get there when you used to be nice to people when you on the first floor, keep on being nice to people, amen? Don't you get promoted and start acting like you can't talk to nobody and act like you don't see folk and hanging out with your friends and now you eating your lunch and you don't pray over your food no more because it ain't cool like it used to be. But when you had a happy meal and you had one of them little microwave things that you had to put in there, you would pray day and night, Lord, I thank you for this meal we're about to receive. Don't you get over there and Take on the nature of other folk when you get in the place where God is blessing you. Oh, how we forget. And when you see rag bologna and hook cheese and, and cookies. Now you say, meet me at Capitol Grill for lunch and argue over the check. You ain't been there all the time. God been good to you. you leaving here today going somewhere. God been good to you. You going to the house to have it good. God been good to you. You got a two-story house. You grew up in a shotgun house. God been good to you. You are blessed and highly favored, but don't you start acting like the other folk when you get there. Remember how you got there. Remember it was God that brought you. Remember the Lord made a way. Remember what God has done. He said tear down that other stuff. Tear down. Wish I had somebody in here. There's some stuff us, some of us need to tear down in our life. There's some stuff that we worship that ain't God-like. I ain't got no car that God can't have. I ain't got a suit I can't preach in cuz God gave all to me. I ain't got nothing that God can't have because everything I have it all belongs to the Lord. Watch what he says verse 5, verse 5, chapter 12 verse 5. He said when you get there, when you get there, when you get there, seek the place Where the Lord your God chooses out of all your tribes to put his name for his dwelling place and there you shall go. I want to be wherever the name of God is. I need you to get this. Because he said I'm about to do something and when he starts talking about God is very jealous of his name. He don't put his name Everywhere. His name commands the glory to follow the name. Grace abides everywhere, but glory don't show up until the Lord says, I am in this place. His grace keeps you wherever you're going, but glory shows up, and glory will change the atmosphere. Grace will keep you in the place where you are, but glory will transform the place where you are. Sin cannot abide where glory resides. When God shows up, some stuff got to change in that situation. You want some stuff to change on your job? Let the glory show up. You want some stuff to change in your house? Let the glory show up. When the glory comes in the room, men can't stand it. We have to bow down prostrate before the Lord because the glory of God will take your breath away. He said, I'm about to put my name on this place. And when God places his name somewhere, some things cannot abide. Here's what he says. He said, I am going to choose the place. I'm going to choose it. He said, I'm going to put my name somewhere. He ain't done this before. I ain't put my name nowhere. He said, when I put my name there, here's what you are supposed to do. He said, when I send you into the place and choose where my name is going to dwell, verse 6, there you shall go and take your offerings and your sacrifices, your tithes, the heave offering of your hand, the vowed offering, your free will offering, the firstborn of the, fl- of the herds and the flocks, He said, in other words, don't you take what I have provided to a place that I have not commanded. Now, we don't want to get that because we like to think we can take God's stuff everywhere. But God's holy things belong to the Lord. And when God has set aside something to be holy, you don't go around and take holy stuff and sow it everywhere. I'm trying to help somebody. The reason we don't see a return on many of the things that we sow is that we sow it in the wrong place. But when you put it where God tell you to put it, and the glory of the Lord breathes upon it, things start happening. How do you think you give a little bit? And God said, try me and see if I won't multiply it. Some 40, some 60, some 100, I wish I had somebody who knows that when God's glory enters into his worship center and blesses what we give, we come out better than we gave. He said, but you got to put it in the place where I commanded my name to dwell. There you shall eat before the Lord your God. You shall rejoice. You shall rejoice in all to which you have put your hand. You and your households in which the Lord your God has blessed you. Verse 8. You shall not do at all as we are doing here today. Every man doing what is right in his own eyes. He goes back. He helps me if I can help you with Proverbs 3 again. You can't do what's right in your own eyes. Now here's what we set up. Systems of doing it right in our own eyes. I'm going to do this with mine. I'm going to take mine over here. I'm going to give to this. I'm going to do that. If the Lord's name ain't there and this is where the Lord has commanded you to be, you will be blessed when you do what the Lord tells you to do. He says make him the priority and then carry out his priorities according to the place where he has set you. Look at this, as for yet, verse 9, you have not come to rest and the inheritance which the Lord your God has given you, but when you cross over the Jordan and dwell in the land lo- the Lord your God is giving to you to inherit, he gives you rest from your enemies round about so that you will dwell in safety. Then there will be a place, verse 11, where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. It's going to be there, perpetually. It's going to be there. There you shall bring your burnt offerings as I command you, your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithings, your heave offerings of your hand, and the choice offerings of which the Lord uh, you vow to the Lord. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God, you and your sons and your daughters, your male and female servants, and the Levite who is within your gate, which he has no portion, since he has no portion of inheritance with you. Take heed, verse 13, To yourself that you do not offer your burnt offerings in every place that you see, But in the place where the Lord chooses, in one of your tribes, there you shall offer your burnt offerings. And there you shall do as I command you. I hope that was in your Bible. Because it was in mine and sometimes people think, well Pastor, you got a verse in your Bible that I don't have in mine? Is it in your Bible? I needed you to see that because it's very important because a lot of times what we choose to do is do things our way and the Lord is simply saying to us, don't do it your way. Make me a priority and when you prioritize God, you prioritize the ways of God. Don't sow your hard-earned seed in places where the Lord has not chosen for his name to abide. Don't put your hard-earned efforts into places where the Lord has not chosen his name to abide. He said, in the place where I make my name to abide is where I will call you to sow and to do the work of the Lord. I'm almost done. 1 Kings chapter 8. One more, then I'm getting out of your way. Then, 1 Kings chapter 8, beginning at verse number 14. All right, so we see what the Lord tells us to do. Make him a priority from Proverbs 3. He then shows us the place in Deuteronomy 8. Deuteronomy 12, I'm sorry. Now, 1 Kings 8, look at what it says. Verse 14. The king turns around and blessed the whole assembly of Israel. This is after Solomon. Let me me share with you where we are. We move past the people coming out of Egypt into the wilderness. They move past the tent of meeting where they used to have their gatherings. And now Solomon is building a temple. This is going to be the temple now, right? They've never seen a temple before, but Solomon is going to build the temple. David wanted to build the temple. But David had uh, a lot of blood on his hands. He was a very bloody king. He was at war a whole lot. And so the Lord told David, he said, David, you're not going to do it. He said, but your son will do it, right? He said, don't worry, David. I knew you had me in your heart. You were in the right place. He said, but I'm not going to allow you to build the temple. He said, but Solomon, your son, your own son from your own seed will go forth and do the work. And so Solomon has now completed the work. And look at what he's about to say. He said, verse 15, and he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel who spoke with his mouth to my father David and with his hand has fulfilled it, saying, Since the day that I brought my people Israel out of Egypt, I have chosen no city from the tribe of Israel in which to build a house that my name might be there. He's back to the name. He's back to saying where his name resides. He's showing I have not chosen to do this permanent thing, that my name would abide in any particular place until this point in time. He said, "But I chose David to be over my over my people Israel." Verse seventeen. Now, it was in the heart of my father David to build the temple for the name of the Lord God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father David, whereas it was in your heart to build a temple for my name, you did well that it was in your heart. He said, David, look, you had the right heart. You were doing the right thing. But this was not my purpose. Nevertheless, you shall not build the temple. Verse number 19. But your son who will come from your body, he shall build the temple for what? My name. He's going to build the temple for my name. He's going to build the temple for my glory to reside in. And then he says, so the Lord has fulfilled his word, which he spoke, and I have filled the position of my father David. And I sit on the throne of Israel as the Lord God promised, and I have built a temple for the name of the Lord God of Israel. And there I have made a place for the ark in which the covenant of the Lord, which he made with our fathers when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. So now you see two things happen. You see the name of God and you see the word of God indwelling in the same place. Up to this point, please get this. The name of God has had no, he has not placed his name permanently anywhere. He would move with the people of Israel by cloud and by pillar of fire to demonstrate his presence. He would let his name dwell in the tent of meeting, but when the tent was torn down or disrupted and they had to move, so would his name. But now he's saying there's a permanent place. But then not only is the name of God, which represents the glory of God and the manifestation of God there but the ark of the covenant verse 21 is about to show up and the ark embodies the word of the Lord it's the scrolls that are on the inside and when you get the name and the word lined up in the same place tell somebody that's a powerful situation right there see the word of God embodies the character of God and all that God is and the word tells us how to live so I got name and word operating in the temple that's why he tells us to bring our gift offerings to the place where he has caused his name to dwell and that's where we'll be blessed and so he says in our priority here's the hard part he said you got to do godly things godly way well I asked the question I said Lord that's hard to do I struggle with doing things that you say do the way you say do it." anybody here struggle with that glad I'm preaching to the right church there's some folks sometime in these sections over here that concern me but most of y'all this is the super saved section over there some mode ain't, ain't nobody sinned over there in the last four or five years and I'm wondering if God has sent angels to watch over us but here's what happened I said Lord I struggle with doing things your way I do I know what you say do but I struggle with doing it your way right I have this thing, Chad, that I would rather do this. Somebody slap me, I'd rather turn the, the, my cheek the next time. That's not what the Lord said. I'd rather slap them back, and then after I let them up, I said, now, don't hit me no more, right? That's what I'd rather do, all right? Anybody in here like that? All right. Uh, pray for those who despitefully use you, Right? Lord, tell me to pray for those who use me and speak evil against me, and somebody say call the names of those before the altar. I just call their name. Lord said, "No, I told you to pray for them. I call their name. That's about as good as it's gonna get right now." I have trouble sometimes doing things the way God tells me to do. It. I have. Tr- I know what He says, but I just have trouble sometimes doing things that God tells me to do the way he tells me to do. love your neighbor in spite of how they treat. I have trouble with that. Right. Because I got some neighbors that don't necessarily love me and they don't treat me right. Amen. So I got trouble with sometimes doing things. Y- y'all ain't saying nothing. I know y'all ain't. I mean, all y'all do everything the first time when God tells you to do it, and you do it right. Right. Speak to those folk. You know, God tell me to speak to somebody. I might text them at like two in the morning when I know they're not woke, and I know they can't text me back because I really don't want to talk to them, I might send them an email to an old email address that I know. All right, I'm a little petty sometimes, okay? What about you? And then I read the Bible, and I read that I'm not the first person that had a little trouble with that. Uh, Moses was supposed to go down and speak to the people and speak to the rock and he smote the rock. It cost Moses. Um, The people in Genesis chapter 11 wanted to build a tower up to God so that they could speak to God on their own terms and it's called the Tower of Babel and God came down and confused the language and they couldn't even communicate with each other anymore because they wanted to do things their own way and not God's way. I was glad that they were there because I said, I'm a lot like those people. Sometimes I want to be like Job. Job said, oh, if I could find him, I'd just call him into a meeting so I could talk to him about some of the stuff that's going on in my life. How many of y'all are like that? Uzzah, this young guy who was bringing the, the ark back, touched it, and when he touched it, God killed him. I said, Here's a man who's simply trying to move the ark, but God said, Nobody but the priest is supposed to touch it, and Uzzah was not a priest, so he is not supposed to do it. And then I read about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he said, Lord, is there any other way that this can be done? And he said, No, you can't do it that way, Jesus. You got to go by Calvary, and you got to give your life. And Jesus, even though he struggled with the way it had to be done, he eventually submitted to the will of God and said nevertheless not my will but thy will I'm glad I read about Jesus because I realized if Jesus had not done it the way that God wanted it done then your soul and my soul would be lost we would not have the blessings of the Lord but thank God Jesus submitted to the will of God and if Jesus can submit to the will of God to lay his life down then what is it for me to do what God tells me to do in his word I struggle, you struggle, we struggle. Jesus said, hey, let this cup pass. It took him three times going back in with folk who were supposed to be praying with him yeah. that were sleep. to finally say, it's all right now. Yeah. Nevertheless, yeah. not my will, yeah. but thy will. Here's where I've come to with this tithing thing. I don't understand it still. I don't necessarily like it. I I love the tithe. Line. I pay my tithe all the time. You do now. God treated me like I treat God in my tithe I'd be treated pretty good. Yeah but you wouldn't have lived past the season where you didn't do right. It takes a while to get there. Took Jesus a while to get there in the garden. But he got there. How did he get there? Through surrender. And here's what he told him when he got up. He said the son of man goes forth to lay down his life. He said but in three days the Lord him up. I'm done. If I give, I believe the Lord will take care of me. Why? Because everything in his record has already demonstrated that he takes better care of me than I can take care of myself. If I tried to take care of myself, I'd still be coming up short. If I tried to take care of my health, I could come up with a disease by a broken fingernail that could give me an infection. My insurance company could cancel me. My doctor wouldn't start seeing me no more. But the Lord could heal my body and take care of me. I can't have a car that a mechanic, mechanics looked at my car the other day. I took it in there, and I said, look, get my car fixed. Here's what's wrong with it. I mean, he said, "What? You, what is wrong with it? I said, that's why I brought it to you. I said, you're the mechanic. You're supposed to know. And so he did everything in the world. He said, Mr. Norman, your car did not do any of the things that you said it was doing. He said, you can come get it. You don't owe me anything. As soon as we went out to get the car, and he hit the little thing to go, bloop, bloop, the car did it. I said, see there, I told you so. I said, it's happening, but guess what? What man can't figure out, God can figure out. And I'm trying to help somebody in here quit worrying about things that you cannot control or fix anyway and trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not into your own understanding, and he will direct your paths. First thing you got to make a priority is your relationship with God. All these other things you never will understand without a relationship with God. The natural mind comprehended not the things of God because they are spiritually discerned. I never could grasp this issue of tithing without the Holy Spirit in my heart. But I couldn't grasp mercy without the Holy Spirit either. I couldn't grasp truth inwardly and outwardly without the Holy Spirit. I cannot grasp kindness and demonstrate acts of kindness without God and the Holy Spirit. So the first tithe I want you to give today is your heart. Notice what the first passages of Scripture say, it's all in the heart. I want you to tithe your heart today. What I have may not be much in the eyes of someone else. It's limited by my human frailty. But here's what I made up in mind. That whatever it is, come out. It's just about just say whatever it is. Lord, I'm gonna give it back to you. Would you stand with me today? First thing I want to do is I want to pray with you. I want to pray, Lord. Have I given myself to you? Have I given myself to you? Before I give any of my substance, I gotta give myself. Before I give any of my substance, I want to give myself. I want to pray for those who are not in church. I want to pray for those who are, you know, upset by the last church you went to. Amen. I want to pray for y'all who think about quitting this church today. Amen. I don't want you to quit God. I want you to quit me. Don't quit God. All right. Father, in the name of Jesus, there are people here today who have not made a decision about their salvation. I want to bring them into relationship with you today. There are those who are in relationship with you, but they're not serving anywhere. I want to bring them back into worship and fold today. Then there are those who are thinking about leaving because of some hurt or pain that has happened. I want to cause them to be strong today and to stay. We call them into relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The door of my Father's house is open. If you're here and you fit any of those categories or category that I hadn't called out, you come now and give your life to the Lord. If you need to rekindle your relationship, if you need to renew your relationship, you come with the Lord right now. Amen. Before we ask you for a tithe of your increase, I want to ask you for a tithe from your heart. I want to ask you for you. I want you to give your life to the Lord. If you're here, would you come?